You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sometimes the world looks like you ain't ever seen it before. Stuck behind never-ending windows, all you need is a door. Searching for something Put a smile back on your face Just remembering unusual times It can come from an unusual place You need a partner for the ride Cause everybody needs a climb So set your worries to the side Just ask Shit 90 Shows Taught Me was not filmed before a live studio audience. Welcome back to Shit 90 Shows Taught Me. I'm Jess Sterling here with my co-host, Sarah Ferguson. Sarah, how are you? Jessica, I'm in I'm in jail. I stole a can of tuna and I'm getting accused of murder. <laughs> oh, it's like 31 cents that can. Listen, don't worry. Let me call in my cousin Vinny and we'll get it all situated. Oh gosh. Now, I like first and foremost, there is going to be probably an obscene amount of uh of impressions on this podcast. Oh, 100%. You can't have me watch this movie and then expect me to not do so my like if you're terrible offended by it, yeah. then just go off. I will say that I think uh everybody on this podcast is pro i think from the east coast so yeah leave us alone we're just trying to do our best we're here. just doing our best over here uh and the the wonderful person who picked this movie for us to watch and is coming on to talk about it with us so grateful to her that she brought this movie into my life the amazing dr amanda dr amanda how are you Ooh, i'm so happy to be here i'm so excited to be talking with you lovely ladies i hope i don't stick out like a sore thumb on this podcast i know that I'm, <laughs> i try i got the cowboy boots so i'm hoping that i blend listen um, i'm the one who sticks out because you're originally from jersey right so I i'm am. gonna be the one sticking out in these parts i think yes Yes, I'm. I am from Jersey. I uh, just like the great, uh, just like the the 
great. Joe Pesci is. He's mm-hmm. from Newark. I'm from uh, New Brunswick, New Jersey. Um, I'm oh. also uh, partially of, of, of Italian descent. So this was like a movie that was always near and dear to my heart. But I'm so excited to be here talking with you guys about it. I think that like this is just going to be so much fun to get into. Yeah. So we were talking a little bit pre-pod about how neither Sarah nor I had ever seen this movie prior to this situation here. So um, I went in with zero knowledge. I vaguely knew Joe Pesci was involved and I knew that it was like very uh, downstate New York, uh, like uh, Italian themed, I guess. Mm -hmm. Right. Sarah, did you know anything about this movie prior to watching? Like just from hearsay? Mm, Nope. Nope. I think I, I think that the only thing that I knew was that uh, Marissa Tomei won the Oscar okay. uh, that year. And that's I, I love the Oscars. That's one of my like favorite things. So sometimes I like watching like old people, not old people, old Oscars, <laughs> old clips of actors winning Oscars. And their acceptance speeches. I don't know why, but it's like one of those things where it's like, oh, it's like 11 o'clock at night and you're just not doing much. So you watch, I don't know, people cry and win and like conquer their oh, dreams. So this is your, okay, this is your like late night. I call it like bedtime yeah. TV. Yeah. what I like to call that kind of thing. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm trying to think of what I do. I like, I like to poke around on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, I find watching trash, like old teen dramas, very relaxing at night. So like your gossip girls, your Degrassi's. So right. you're like, Oh, I'm going to watch some Oscars. Is it the, it's the award acceptance speeches you're yeah. watching. Okay. Yeah. I like people conquer their dreams knowing that I'll never, get anywhere close to that <laughs> was marissa Tomei's acceptance acceptance speech good no it was, i think that, so oh, it wasn't good. No, okay so the thing is is that um okay so she she was up against four other actors three of which were british one of which were was an australian and um she they're all dramas and she was the only comedy one. She was the yeah. fish out of water. This, mm, this continued, yeah. this continued thing. And she was a baby. Like the other actresses were pretty established. And I think that she was really the underdog. And she, like I said, was a comedian in this part and she took it home. So I think that she was really surprised, but she goes up there. She's in this white dress that like hits above the ankle. Um, with black details and black awesome um, very mona lisa I, yeah. I, rem- I remember i remember this oscars and i remember this this dress um yeah um and, and she thanks uh joe pesci and she mm-hmm. thanks the team and she what did she say she said thank you to my very brave brave family and that's about it. And I'm still like <laughs> reeling. Like, what do you mean? Brave. Like, what makes your family very, very brave? <laughs> I wish that I knew, but I, I don't know. I, yeah. I'll never know. But yeah, she was adorable. She was. Yeah, she was up against. I just looked this up. Judy Davis for Husband and Wives. Joan Plowright for Enchanted April. Vanessa Redgrave for Howard's End. And Miranda Richardson for Damage. So this was like definitely one of these things is not like 
the other. I love, I love this detail that Marissa Tomei won an Oscar for this performance because it is an amazing performance. I love this performance. By far the best character. Like it's not close. She gives me the most laugh out loud moments. I think she has one of my favorite little, I don't know what, if you want to call it like a, like monologues or lines in the film, the, her entire rant about deer had oh, me rolling yes. to the point where I rewatched the film today and I rewound yeah. that part so many times because the way that she is just like, imagine you're a Dia. Like, just imagine you're a Dia. You're prancing along, you get thirsty. You spot a little brook, you put your little Dia lips. Like, little <laughs> Dia lips. Your, your little Dia lips on the crystal clear water. And then <laughs> boom. <laughs> so, Ooh, it's so good. It's so good. So no, good. she has. She has like a handful of those monologues in this film that are just like instant classic moments. They live rent free in my head all the time. Um, Yeah. Great character, like brilliant performance, like amazing, amazing wardrobe in this film. Love it. Iconic. Sarah loves fashion in in Mm, the movies that we watch. And I knew when I was, the minute I saw like the very first outfit that she's in, Sarah, I instantly knew that you were going to be like obsessed with not only her as a character, but every outfit she wore. It kind of reminds me vaguely of like Moira Rose and Shit's Creek with the black uh and white and just like the audaciousness of everything that she wears and like that jumpsuit that like spandexy jumpsuit girl the backless floral bodysuit yes with like with ruffles on the shoulders um it's like so amazing and she's and she's like adorable she's like she's the cutest thing in this um no that that that's the outfit that she's wearing in that scene and that's like a famous scene I don't know if you if you were I, I guess that you neither of you knew very much about this movie but I feel like something that like penetrated the zeitgeist in general was like the my biological clock is ticking like this with like with the, <laughs> yes. the foot um that's that's the outfit she's wearing in this scene um it's just every outfit is iconic. She looks gorgeous the whole time. It's hilarious to see this character uh, juxtaposed with this rural Alabama town and the way yeah. that she owns it. It's just wonderful. Yeah, and I think because uh, I ended up so this is ridiculous. So we I watched this last night with my husband, and like he had never seen it either, and we were both dying. We both loved it, and so much so that I was like today I was like there was a really. As much as it's like very straight comedy, um, there's still a lot going on, right? Mm-hmm. And I felt like, you know, it probably would be rewarding to do a rewatch of it. So I ended up rewatching it today. Um, just because I was like, I wanna, and it's so funny from the very first second that Mona Lisa starts talking about like mudding your tires, she's like, What are you talking about? You know, like she's just like, uh, and she's like, You're known for your mud. What about how's your Chinese food? Like <laughs> from the minute she starts talking, it is very much like, oh yeah, we should have known, right? Like the whole mechanic background, and she knows everything about cars. She is the superstar. And I thought going into this film, I know her from like Aunt May in Spider-Man. That is like the way oh, I know her. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and so, cause I haven't seen really anything else she's in. And so seeing her here, I was like, oh yeah, she's like really young. And then of course I noticed that Ralph Mach- Macchio's in the film and he's like mm-hmm. karate kid. So yeah. in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, so Joe Pesci and Ralph Macchio are going to be like the two stars, you know, mm-hmm. of the film. And like, she just came in like a bat out of hell, just like lighting the film on fire sarah i just loved her i fully think that joe 
um, Pesci and Ralph Macchio were supposed to be the stars of this film. And I think that Marissa Tomei um, pretty much stole the screen, if I had to guess. I think that just her in this role is so magnetic. But I do think that it has an overall really great cast. It has amazing representation for New York and New Jersey Mm -hmm. actors, especially Italian-American actors. Mm -hmm. I am not my... I am the furthest thing from (laughs) Italian, but I am... I grew up in New Jersey, not that far from uh brooklyn well Uh my family my entire family's from brooklyn actually um and my uh i'm from new jersey myself so even though um i am not italian american i feel like i know these people in a way and i think that um they are represented really really well because they they are what they pl- for the most part like they're like I said Italian East Coasters so it's really awesome uh, representation in that regard and yeah like I mean I can imagine like my family uh, being like oh like there's like horrible food here horrible Chinese food the bagels are trash like yeah, yeah. I know that that would be like a subject of discussion if I went down to rural Alabama. <laughs> Yeah, this is like this is like a very these are very familiar cultural tropes for me. Like we joke in my family that my grandmother looks just like uh, Joe Pesci. She really does look a lot <laughs> like Joe Pesci. <laughs> um, but I definitely like like the whole thing where like Billy, the Ralph Macchio character, is like trying to assuage his friend Stan, and he's like, "No, he's like you got to see a Gambini argue," and he's like, "My parents argue. That doesn't mean that they could be lawyers." And he's like, "Your parents are amateurs." Like the whole, <laughs> the whole like you know loud argumentative Italian family like having a near fight to the death like over Sunday dinner and then everybody hugging and saying goodbye like nothing happened it's like this is very much but like this is a familiar trope to me um I thought that you know all of these performances are great I loved you know I loved Ralph Macchio as a kid so it was great to see Ralph Macchio in this role I did have a moment of panic today and I tweeted about this because we're going to talk about you know, this, this movie, and we're going to talk about the cast. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Do I remember that Ralph Macchio got canceled? Oh my God. Oh my God. And so then I was like frantically Googling and I found out that Scott Bayo is canceled. Okay. But not why? Ralph, not this Ralph. is what I want to know. Why in my head can they- I not separate these two? I know. It's Why? I- <laughs> what is this? I, I think it's some weird Mandela effect where they kind of like cross because i'm like oh like uh because isn't scott bayo from like happy days he's from happy days so I he's can't from get he, he's from Joni loves chachi yes. he was charles in charge um so explain it to me Amanda. i mean they're Why? both they're both like they were both kind of like kid teen italian stars like of a certain era so i think that yeah. they like that they kind of compete in that space luckily if i had to pick one if i have to pick chachi or the karate kid obviously i'm picking the karate kid so i'm glad yes. that ralph macchio is good yeah so, so not scott bayo <laughs> not scott so... bayo ralph macchio is still good but i was totally in a panic and then i googled it and i found a tweet that was like oh i always mix up ralph macchio and scott bayo but um this is the yeah. weirdest thing they don't even look alike i did the same exact thing and i have no clue why it's just the strangest thing it ralph has- macchio is cuter he is cuter he is he a cuter is. yeah 
he's definitely very, cuter. I remember yeah. him from The Outsiders. <laughs> the best movie ever. Yeah, because the moment the movie started and I saw him, I was like, oh my gosh, it's Karate Kid. Like, again, I did not know he was in this film. And I originally thought, this is so silly, because I saw Joe Pesci's name come up. And I was like, okay, whatever. Like, in, me, in my mind, Joe Pesci is forever in his like 50s or 60s well like, he that is, is in his 50s in this movie in this in like his 40s i think and he's like 45 or something like he's so much older than Marissa yeah Kine. that's true i think he i think i looked this up i'm i'll do the math Let's tell see. me that his hair is not real in this film oh that it is no yeah that is a that's very unnatural hair that he has so, <laughs> so he was a toupee it looks like a toupee it's, it's very like fluffy it's it's very un, it's like a very unnaturally dark black. So he yeah. was born in 1943, and this came out in 1992. So I'm using a, a calculator because I refuse to do math on a podcast ever. That, <laughs> well, that's gosh, in my writer. That's exactly how we are. I'm like, don't ask me to do math on a podcast. I'm just gonna embarrass myself and everyone around me. He was he was 49. He was 49. Okay. He and was, 49. was like 26 or something. She was like 29 maybe? or something. She was like, yeah, she was in her late 20s. He yeah, was 49. Huge age difference here. Considerably and older. He does he does look older than her. Like, yeah. And yeah, definitely. But they are, I think the, the best, one of the best parts of the film is their chemistry is so like well done. Like in the way that they bicker, they bicker like an old married couple, even though obviously yes. they're like engaged and that's part of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I love, I think Joe Pesci is brilliant in this role as Vinny Gambini yeah. and then the fact that his wife or his his fiance is just like so much smarter than him and just calls his shit every <laughs> five seconds and the fact I, I thought one of the most endearing moments honestly from her was I'm trying to remember which which situation that it was that they woke up to um it might have been the pigs where they're laying in bed and or maybe it was the maybe it was the train i don't know they have multiple terrible hotel room situations and they get woken up and they're like cuddling in bed and his eyes are just wide open and she's like cuddling on him and she just starts giggling and i'm just like i love her like that it's that moment where i'm just like yeah she's so endearing like you can't not love her in this movie um and so mona lisa just absolutely kills me in this in this role and i do i do think that um Ralph Macchio, Bill, and uh, his his best buddy Stan. Stan I think they're yeah. very fun as well, especially mm-hmm. Stan, who is just like incredulous the entire time. Oh yeah, <laughs> he can't believe how he got himself in this situation, and he's definitely playing like the person where he's just like the, everything is going bad. Like, how did yeah, I get yeah. here? Type of situation, oh. because I mean, it starts out innocent enough where. They are traveling from New York yeah. to – they went to school. Their undergraduate was um, NYU. They're going to graduate school. In, at UCLA uh, or something? Yeah, UCLA, UCLA. They got scholarships. Yeah. yeah. So they're, they decide instead of taking a plane or whatever, they're going to take a road trip as like a last hurrah. And they are in Alabama, and they're at the convenience store. Pack of suds. What a name. Pack of suds. Pack of suds. <laughs> 
Uh, which is like I, it was. It's a barbecue. It's a convenience store. It's probably there were like, like a gas chickens station. outside. Like what was going on? One, no, no. One, one stop shopping. You got everything you need at the second. Can of tuna. Which like okay, road trip snack. Can of tuna is not good on a. No. I love tuna, but on a road trip, how are you? Where is your can opener? How are you mixing in the mm. mayo and eating it? Like I have a lot of questions. I'm the kind of weirdo who would like be like, ooh, I'll have this can of tuna on my road. trip. <laughs> well you don't have to cook it jess yeah uh sure, but like i want to mix mayo into it you well, can eat it without the mayo if you, you get it without the mayo they're healthy Ugh, no not um, without the mayo but yeah he like puts it we've all done this where our arms are full although mm. i i am more of the stand variety where at all times i assume i'm being watched and people think i'm shoplifting i don't even want to move my arms near my pocket suspicious wow jess. i just i i've uh, tell me, like, this is like the tell me you have anxiety without telling me you have anxiety. Right. Jess, um, Jess is on a list somewhere. <laughs> yeah, like, Jessica, <laughs> is your face plastered all over? I do have to say, I went to my local convenience store once, and Sarah knows this about me. I do not carry a purse. I refuse. I need my mm. arms to be mobile at all times. Mm-hmm. I carry a like a small purse backpack. Yeah, so me too. Them. Same. Yes. That's okay. my no, I, I I don't like to be like off balance. Me neither. I, I want to be totally balanced. Yeah, and the backpack allows that. And yes. so I walk into my local convenience store, a Stewart's. If you are from this region, mm. you know what a Stewart's is. I walk in, I have my little purse backpack on, and it's a very small purse backpack. Mm. I am in my 30s. I think I look like I'm at least 28 if you were to guess my age. Sure. This man, this like clerk comes up to me. He couldn't have been over like 17. Like he was very young. And he's just like, oh, you need to leave your backpack at the door. And I was like, what do you mean I need to leave my backpack at the door? And he's just like, oh, you know, because we don't allow backpacks in here. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to be like, I am 30 years old. I am not going to steal from you. Like, I am not some neighborhood hoodlum. Like, wow. why? What are you doing? You like, are. Like, you are. are delinquent. You like, are. Why would I steal from you? I don't I was know, like, Jess. So, I was like, well, I can't even fit anything in this thing. It's so small. Like, what you am I You seem stealing? a little suspicious if you have to ask me. <laughs> like, you were I, being so, profiled. Yeah. Yes. So, Jess, have I you ever understand. stolen anything from the local convenience store? Mm, I have or not. Supermarket? I've never stolen anything ever. Anything was, ever? Not on purpose. Oh, did you have a can of tuna in the pocket situation? I had a different situation where I purchased a plant at Lowe's and I had, I was putting the plant in like different potters to see like the little, like, like the ceramic vases to see how it would look. And so I put it in the ceramic vase and I was like, oh, I'm going to buy this one. I brought it to the checkout. Didn't even realize they only scanned the holder, not the plant itself. So I did like inadvertently steal a plant, but wow. And I can tell you that you've, been you feel guilty about this because you've brought it up to I me at least times. like 87 times <laughs> that's how she got on the list sarah that's, that's, why, I, that's why her face is behind all the counters <laughs> yeah. and, all the, and all the stewards but i'm too anxious of a person to ever shoplift or commit crimes in general like i'm the stan who that's as soon as i see a cop yeah. car behind me i'm like oh my god they're coming for us like you know yeah. i thought yeah, that he like, actually did something yeah, he's like he thinks that they're medieval down here. Like they're gonna, you know, they're gonna be executed. So, um, yeah, Stan is very Stan is very nervous about all of this. I mean, I've never been to Alabama, but I've only heard great things, so I could imagine what it's like down there. Yeah, so they Roll get tide. all their stuff. 
they get it in the car and they immediately get like pulled over and Stan is like, oh my God, why did you steal that can of tuna? We're going to be in trouble and blah, 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 blah. He was acting uh, so suspicious. I really did think that they like were, they did something wrong. Well, I was confused because then the guy pulls out a gun and he's like, put your hands up. And I'm like, all of the, like, what, how do you approach a car like that when you pull them over? And then it turns out, yeah, well, at the same time they left. The poor clerk gets killed in a shooting mm-hmm. and they get arrested th- because they are driving a very similar looking vehicle away from the scene of the crime. And this interrogation, Amanda, like there were parts of this film that were extremely funny. Um, and then there were parts that I'm like, oh my God, it's too real. And especially nowadays, it's ha- so yeah. real. We're having a very dark moment for our um, judicial system. I did not anticipate that when I selected this film a few months ago. Yeah. So this was... um. They're being interrogated and like, and, um, you know, at this point they think like, oh, this is all like, this is, this is just like about a can of tuna. We'll just confess. We'll get off with a slap in the wrist. It's fine. They're cooperating. Billy doesn't want a lawyer. Um, he says he's willing to confess. They're talking back and forth. Like, and you can see like the layers of misunderstanding where the audience knows what's going on. Um, but the characters don't know what's going on. And he's like, you know, did, did Stan have anything to do with it? Was it planned? Did he stop you? And like, it's aiding and abetting. (laughs) And he's like, is that a big deal? And then they tell Stan he's accessory, like accessory to stealing a can of tuna. But it ends up like with this very unfortunate situation of like, you know, this is, we we meet like the Sheriff, Sheriff Farley character who's played by, he's, he's a pretty, uh, you know, he's an actor that you definitely see mm-hmm. around. Um, I had my thing pulled up, but anyway, he says like, you know, okay, well then when did you, when did you shoot the clerk? And then yeah. Billy unfortunately is like, I shot the clerk. I shot the clerk. And, and here's this- the thing. It's so obvious. There's a question mark at the end of that. Mm-hmm. But of course the cop can- is just like, nope. You can't trust, you can't trust those, those popo. Uh, no. <laughs> This was a very friends like you got the keys. Like you had to oh, pay attention yes. to their inflections. Mm. Yes. Uh the the uh sheriff was played by Bruce McGill. Bruce McGill, right, right. And he's definitely one of those like kind of working character actors. So yeah, and this is this is this is the teachable moment for everybody. You don't talk to the police without a lawyer. Yes, you say, yeah. louder for I, the people in the back. Yes. You say, I would like a lawyer, and then you zip it. You zip yeah. it, zip it, zip it. Whether you think it's about tuna or whatever, you do not talk to the police. You still have your Miranda rights. So, um, unfortunately. Yeah. Billy did not get that memo, and he repeatedly says, I shot the clerk, which then gets written down as a confession. Yep. Not what a good. misunderstanding. This, but this, um, there's a few scenes where they did these types of misunderstanding conversations that, like, the, uh, that was pretty funny if uh watching it from like a bird's eye view like i the conversation between stan and Vinny in prison was oh, yeah. like so funny it was from that moment on i was i was in on whatever the movie was gonna do mm. it was all it took was that scene because it was not 
that was one of those moments, Sarah, where it was like joke after joke after joke. Like they were literally like punching me in the stomach with jokes. It was so <laughs> funny. Yeah, I love that type of humor where mm. they are having two totally com- different conversations. However, the way that it's played out for each person, it makes so much sense what they're saying. And in Vinny's perspective, it's like, this kid is being such a jerk to me. I'm just here to help him. I come all the way from New York and he's like being ridiculous. And then for Stan, (laughs) he's terrified because he's convinced that he's going to get roughed up in prison. It is a really funny scene. (laughs) Yeah. It's Stan is so nervous and like all his nerves are so funny when he, I like I, every single line, like Joe Pesci with the, well, it's your ass, not mine. Like you should be getting on your knees, like over, like all these crude, awful jokes. I will not go down on my knees. Yeah. Um, and then of course he finds out because, uh, his, you know, his friend is, is sleeping. So he eventually finds out like, oh, this is his cousin Vinny, which again, also the fact that this is his cousin and like, <laughs> they're like, obviously what they're like supposed to be like 21, 22, you know, right. Age. Right. Freaking Joe Pesci is like in his forties. This is amazing. Well, that's, yeah, that, 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 that's definitely possible. There's a lot of different ways that you can. Oh, you I can have older cousins like this too, family. but it's just, it's just very funny. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so and that's good. and that's Mitch, Mitchell Whitfield who plays Stan uh, Rosen Rothenstein, that actor there. So it's like it's really like a New York story, like the Italian kid from Brooklyn, the Jewish kid from Long Island. They met at NYU. They're gonna go to UCLA, and now they're like stuck in this mess in Alabama. They don't have any money to hire a real attorney, but you know Billy's cousin Vinny is gonna come down to save the day. Um, yeah, it's very fun. And then like then we have like Bill's really excited that Vinny is here. He has faith in him. Yeah, he's like one of the only ones, right? Who's like I feel like him and Mona Lisa are are very much like, okay, Vinny, Vinny has got this. And so when they're finding out, so Stan, of course, wants to know Vinny's background in law, right? He's like, Oh, so you've tried murder cases, right? And he's like, No. It's like, oh, well, you know, obviously manslaughter or, you know, robberies on and on. No, turns out he just got his, uh, he just got his law degree or he just passed the bar, took him six tries. Um, he's like, oh, second time's the charm. He's like, no, for me, six times the charm. Six times the charm. Yeah. Uh, is it was very funny. I I loved this scene. I, I I'm gonna say this about every scene, but I loved this scene just because you could see Stan's like every every with every word coming out of Vinny's mouth. Stan and Bill look less and less enthused and like more and more nervous. He's horrified. He's horrified <laughs> by all of this. And I love how like Vinny is kind of like has no shame about it too. He's like, nope. Yeah. Nope, six six time was a charm for me. I mean, yeah. bar is I assume very it's difficult. Very hard, yeah. Kim uh, Kim Kardashian couldn't even pass the baby bar until after her third time. Um, Kim Kardashian tried to pass the bar. Girl, Kim Kardashian <laughs> is a working lawyer in California. No, no, yes. this is a lie. No, no, no. Yes, she I passed really the baby no bar. What the hell is the I baby even, bar? I, what does that mean? <laughs> it's the bar, but like abbreviated, but you still get your law license. And what? I think this is California specific. Wow. Yeah, like, Gosh, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, so she also I love how he is um trying to be a personal injury lawyer, which is always like 
No offense, but the swarmiest like lawyers. They call them ambulance chasers for a reason. And we'll see why in the bar later. When the guy with the neck breeze, he's like, Oh, did you injure yourself at someone's house? Yeah. I think that they check like police reports on like websites. I'm sure. I'm sure they do. Send letters. Because once I got into um I was like in a car accident with my like friend from college and like I was totally fine. Nobody was hurt. And I still got a letter from one of them being like, do you want to sue your friend? I'm like, hell no, I don't want to sue my friend. Leave me alone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And so he he goes into court. Uh, He has no trial experience. He goes into court and he (laughs) he fools the judge like saying oh i have all this experience you know Mm -hmm. because he sees that the judge went to what like harvard or yale or whatever yeah yeah the judge by the way is um it's played by fred gwynn who's like you know who had like a very um like well like he was he was he had a very um you know, extensive sitcom career in the mm-hmm. 60s. Like he was in Car 54, Where Are You? And he was in the Munsters. Yeah. Um. So he was, you know, I think he, I think that this is a really great performance from Fred Gwynn. And like the tension yeah. between he's immediately so antagonistic to Vinny. He's like, this big city lawyer is going to come into my courtroom and think he's above procedure. So this is where we sort of set up the whole thing where um you know the kind of tension between the two of them where uh you know where the judge is very kind of questioning of his credentials and and Vinny is like you know kind of trying to falsify his background so he looks more legitimate than he is yeah yeah and the very first thing that happens when they get into court is he doesn't know courtroom procedures Sarah he doesn't know like oh you stand when the judge comes in he doesn't like his dress code is not great he's not wearing a tie he's wearing like we see him like all in black Mona Lisa and him both are kind of all in black very like chic slick yeah Mm -hmm. leather leather blazer Alabama oh my god I feel like I can I'm sweating thinking about wearing leather in Alabama (laughs) And he gets in trouble and he gets uh, held in contempt of court because he does there. He doesn't even need, he doesn't even know to say guilty or not guilty. Like I was like, how refuses? I think that he's going into this thinking he's going to kind of sweet talk his way and get this case dismissed because I think that he's probably used to using his natural charisma and argumentative skills to get by life because he's like, you know, Vinny from the streets in Brooklyn like he probably is able to like swindle his way out of these types of situations so I think that he was thinking that they would go in there not even fully go to court just get the case dismissed but that's not how these people are playing they Mm want to move this forward it's not going to be kind of an expedited situation it's a murder case of course so um he is almost like refusing to state if they are guilty or not guilty because he just thinks that they can like yada yada this um but ultimately they say not guilty and yeah he gets like thrown into (laughs) jail himself for the bail of two hundred dollars yeah repeatedly it's he's yeah He's putting Three the contempt, times? contempt of the court over and over and over again. And to the final, to the point where eventually he says to Mona Lisa, like, just let me stay here overnight because I'll actually get a good night's sleep. <laughs> no, that's never in the cards for Vinny. Yeah, but they sort of like try to dispense of this. Like at some point, like, like 
his fiance Mona Lisa is like very um you know confused like didn't you learn anything in law school like don't you know like all of this procedure stuff and he's like no they don't teach you that like they teach you contracts and that and then you're supposed to go to a firm and then the firm is supposed to teach you all this procedure stuff so yeah I don't know I don't know any of this and he really doesn't he's gonna make a lot of very basic like level one mistakes like if you've watched any law in order like you would yes I because I had said that too when we were watching and I'm like hasn't he seen a single law show in his life like I could do better than this and I certainly didn't pass the bar 1992 Jessica I don't know there were still uh, law shows on no I mean even if law and order wasn't necessarily on there had to be something on at the time let me get law and order started in 1990 so he could have had two years he could have had a couple of years of law yeah. <laughs> uh there's so much freaking law and order going on in my house like constantly <laughs> it's like one of the three shows that my fiance watches and it just like never ends you just even- hear dun dun all the time when you're walking around <laughs> yeah pretty much like even i am learning like procedural law wow uh, so if <laughs> i ever get stopped in alabama i'm calling you so there you go yeah, you're gonna have to <laughs> You're going to. I do think that there is procedure classes uh, at law school. I don't think I'm, it's just about. Of course not. This is. I think it's for the comedy. Do we right? know any like, lawyers? Yeah. I know one. I know one. There's but... some, there's, yeah, there's some lawyers out there. You can you can write it. I mean, I think that part of like the story that they're trying to tell, though, which I think like is accurate. It's like you know he's going to mention like he's working and. Um, in Lisa's like family's garage, she's doing all this stuff. It's just like it's hard when you're like working class to get all the experience you need to get, you know, this like and I and I do happen to know from the people that I know that went to law school that like the type of experience you get in your first couple of years at a firm is like really essential for, you know, right. setting up your career because like the actual practice of law, like there's so many different varieties of it that you sort of need to get like very much like a lot of on the job training, but like Vinny is very fly by his seat of his pants. He's just like, I'm just going to learn as I go. Yeah. Which is awful when, you know, your first experience in a trial is for a murder trial for your cousin. Right. So it's just, it's not great. He does a terrible job. He doesn't even like cross examine any of the witnesses. And uh, so at this point, Stan really wants to use a public defender john gibbons he seems very competent and i was like how are they gonna do this because like vinny's the hero right so what, mm-hmm. what's gonna happen here is he though is vinny the hero no mona lisa is the true hero yeah vinny- and we should have we should have known by the moment that like uh the the scene where the faucet is dripping oh. and she just like goes into like all this jargon about it and it comes obviously it comes back in the end with just like are you sure and she's like i'm positive <laughs> Uh, just, I just love her. She's the and true that's hero their foreplay, the and it's I amazing. Know. It's like it, 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 yeah. it's it's very it's very sexy for Mona Lisa there. Yeah, but like I I think that one of the things I was surprised I first rewatched this movie recently, like within the last couple of years, because I found out that my husband had never seen it, which shocked me because mm-hmm. I've seen this movie like a dozen times, and like to me it's just like a staple. Like it's like you know, you absorb it by living in the world, but I guess I have a very specific perspective. (laughs) Um, So I was surprised he hadn't seen it and we watched it together and he was like, wait, 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 we're supposed to like Vinny. And I was like, sort of a little bit surprised at how long it takes him to be likable because he's like both incompetent and like Lisa's always trying to help him and he's always pushing her away. So it's like, I do feel like he's 
not very endearing until you start to see him like kind of get his legs under him like later in the trial um but yeah at this point you're kind of like yeah read the freaking procedure book Vinny. your cousin is going to get the electric chair for for stealing a can of tuna like this is not oh, good gosh. Oh, you're, yeah. never, you're never going to christmas again Vinny. like get it together With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Oh, I, I just want to say I asked the one lawyer I know about procedure courses in mm. law school, like to one to rise. Mm. And he said, so civil procedure is a class, but that's different. When to rise and things like that is more of a litigation thing, which we covered in a class on trials. And then I did mock trial team where we did learn a lot about that. Oh, so see, it would have happened. In, granted, obviously very different time, but still, I think Vinny it's mostly like setting up for mock trial. I think it's mostly like uh, we're just suspending our disbelief that like either he missed those classes or he wasn't paying attention or, you know, look, the uh, Brooklyn School of Law might not be like that's also <laughs> true. Your, your fancy pant. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, this, it was this like a correspondence program. Like, I don't I don't know what was really what was yeah. really going on here. Um, But I think it's it's interesting. Like, I think we know. Mona Lisa really began, I mean, she impressed me from the moment we met her, but when she started reading into his like procedural books, I was like, yes, Mona Lisa. She's like, mm -hmm. I, she wants to help him. Yeah. And I, I just loved her for that. Um, and so then we get, then we get the actual questioning of the witnesses. And I was, I, again, I was shocked to see in my rewatch today that they set up the glasses thing yeah. so early yeah. because we have the public defender doing a terrible job. Like not only he's very nervous, he has this very severe stutter, which I feel for the guy. It's not like necessarily his fault that he is so anxious and this happened because he seems he does not have the stutter when he is, you know, alone with Stan. Mm -hmm. um, but as soon as he gets up there, the nerves take hold and he's doing such a terrible job at cross-examining this witness. And he like thinks the guy has distance classes, but they're readers. Mm -hmm. So it's a whole thing. And I just, I loved that. Again, I think this is a movie that I could watch like 15 times and still pick up little things mm -hmm. that it then comes back later. Um, that really tickled me. I, I just think the, it's a, well, it's not only very funny, but it's a well executed movie, Amanda. And that they, yeah. the breadcrumbs are there the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Like we meet the, the three sort of key witnesses in the case, like very early on and we get their testimony and it does give the seeds of the things that Vinny is going to be able to pick apart later. So I thought that that's really really great um like we already talked about um the scene where we sort of see the beginning of like mona lisa like you know how great mona lisa is going to end up being on the stand with yeah. the um you know the whole debate where the um the faucet is dripping and Vinny's like well you were the last one to use the bathroom you didn't turn the faucet off and she's like no it's maybe it's broken and he's like well maybe you didn't twist it hard enough and she has the whole thing about like i look in the manual and i routinely twist a maximum allowable <laughs> torquage yeah the torquage the <laughs> torquage <laughs> killed me and she says like at one point to be dead on balls accurate 
<laughs> what did you say? That was like a like it's a. An, it's an industry like, term. It's, it's an industry, industry term. term. <laughs> dead on, dead on balls. Accurate. It's an industry term. And she's, that's why she's so likable, yeah, Sarah. Yeah, she's so easy to root for because she's extremely intelligent, and it's kind of like. Um, you just you don't expect it at first because of how what her voice sounds like and how what how she dresses. But yeah, she's extremely intelligent, and I think like by the end of it, I was just like, I kind of just want like her to take over being the lawyer. Oh, hundred percent. I yeah. felt that that's where it was kind of going for a minute. I was like, oh, like she's gonna take like take over being a lawyer and like win the whole case and gonna yeah. it's gonna be like the original legally blonde yeah but yeah <laughs> no um, i do i yeah and i do love the discussion about that in the end but like one of the other and uh, look we'll get to that at that point but one of the things that i really like about their relationship is like you know like she very much believes in him and she's like i know you can do it i think when you get up there you're gonna be really really great Unless you fuck it up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, then she turns on the light. <laughs> it's like the whole time she's saying, like, I believe in you, but I also know you and I know that you might yes. have this up. And so I'm going to be like a good influence on you and push you and not be afraid to call out your ass. Yeah. But I also believe in you. And like, I think I really like that kind of like authenticity in a relationship. So I really appreciate yeah. that dynamic between the two of them. I think she's just such a unique character because in a different movie, she would be played for laughs in that she's so dumb, right? right. Because that's the way she looks and that's the way she talks. But in this movie, they don't even lie to us. Like it's almost immediately we're like, oh, wow. Like she has her shit together and she's really smart. Yeah. And it plays that way the whole way through. And I love that. Yeah, she does call out Vinny on his bullshit, right? She's just like, uh, did you even look at the papers? Like, mm -hmm. that guy's dead, you know? Like, you didn't, you saw the headlines, you didn't look at the papers. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like, something about her is just so sincere and genuine, and you want to be her friend. You, like, you know she is that girl that you would have a great time with. Doesn't matter what you're doing, you're gonna have a good time, you know? She's just, she's that girl. Um... But now we're her. now that we're at the the overnights in the hotel, mm -hmm. I think we need to talk about which is the oh. worst possible way to be woken yeah. up. Because oh. we have so we have, yeah, the first thing is like the steam, the steam whistle. The steam, the steam whistle, whistle is the bad. first one. That's bad. And then I think it's the slaughterhouse and the and the hogs. The hogs that's, is really that's bad. bad. That is that, so that is animals really are being bad. killed. I know that might be the worst one. And then and the then train. it's a freight train. Yeah. The freight train where like I love what he goes to the de the hotel desk and he's like Does yeah this freight train always come by at 5 a.m he's like no that's very unusual <laughs> the next day and he's like i thought you said it doesn't come by that he's like yeah it comes by at 10 past four <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's why it was unusual it was late yesterday yeah. it was nuts and then once they're once they're out in the cabin it's like that screech, screech owl, owl. Well, yeah that cute owl it was very cute but oh my god it was very loud I think the worst is probably the slaughterhouse pig. Slaughterhouse I would, pigs, I would not yeah. want woken up that way. Yeah, he also gets he also gets like broken up, like woken up by like a prison fight, like the when he stays overnight in the right. jail. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's a bad way to wake up. Poor too. Vinny, he can't get a good yeah. night's sleep. 
No, no. And I love, um, so we also see the, the whole grits situation Mm -hmm. where they learn that it's one of the funniest gags of like, they go to this diner, this like small Alabama, Alabama town diner. And it's their things on the menu. Why even have a menu? I don't know. It says breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And they're like, and Mona Lisa goes breakfast. I think (laughs) think we'll have breakfast. (laughs) Yeah. And this is where they find out what grits are. Now Mm -hmm. I knew what grits were because I've been to what's the name of that uh what's the name of that restaurant that all old people go to I, the, cracker barrel cracker barrel and they have them at cracker you barrel ate the grits at cracker barrel i may have gotten them once i just knew they oh. i knew what they were because i've been to cracker right barrel. so i'll say like i i think somebody tweeted this like in response when i posted we were going to be talking about this today I definitely learned about grits for the first time from this movie. Now, I watched this movie when I was like probably 13, 12, yeah. 13 years old. Like, I think that in the time since 1993, like, there's much more of like a brunch culture that has emerged. And there's That's like true. much more of like Southern, br- like, I feel like at any, there's like any city in like the country now, you can probably get like grits on like, like there's some brunch menu that has like grits and eggs. I feel like grits were not popular outside of the South really like at this time. I don't know. I don't know everybody. I I'm like looking at pictures of it and this reminds me of like a chip beef on toast a la Uh Dawson's Creek. Yes. No, no, no. And it also looks like chicken and dumplings. It's just like, it's always like this white food. It looks like rice pudding, kind of, and it's yeah. the consistency looks, it looks disgusting. Like, it's, it's a porridge. Is that what? Yeah, this is? it's porridge. A porridge. Yeah. Have you had grits, Sarah? Are you like no? An, you have not had grits. I have not had grits, but I'm also not an oatmeal person, really. They're sometimes. different. I'll say they're different. It's different than oatmeal. Jess, what's your grits take? So I've had grits maybe once. And for okay. me, I think it was a texture thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's it, the texture just wasn't right for me. And I, who knows if they were cooked like, you know, I didn't get them in the no, South. So like they probably right. weren't cooked for the appropriate 15 to 20 minutes. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They might have been only cooked for the five yeah. minutes or maybe they were the instant grits. You uh-huh. know, yeah, you can't. But you don't, don't want no those. self-respecting Southerner would serve you Instagram. Yeah, I'll, I, I, I can definitely enjoy grits. Like, I would like, I would almost always rather like have a hash hash browns like with my oh, breakfast. My, than absolutely, grits. yes. Um, like, but I do know, like, I do know how beloved grits are. I've, ha- I have had like very, very good grits too. Like shrimp and grits is delicious. Like, I don't like a very like bland grits. Like, if it's just the grits yeah. with the butter. It's like, I don't know. That's not really doing anything. It's probably all it how is, you season it, right? Yeah. It's like yeah. anything where it's in the seasoning. I mean, they served it. What was that? It was like It was just plain with butter on it. I don't know. The, I mean, he no, they, like put a whole big thing of like, lard. I, I, I think he I think he fried the eggs and the, the lard. eggs and the bacon in the lard. The bacon does not need lard. I the, bacon, know. the bacon has brought its own lard to the party. Like we don't need to invite more. <laughs> Bring your own lard. If you yeah. want and I, like it had like it was runny eggs. Like I I mean I'm you don't sorry. Like runny eggs? No, I I'm, I just can't get behind. Can breakfast. I tell you a breakfast food I tried for the first time the other day? Ooh, I would love nothing more than to hear about this, Jess. I don't know exactly what it's called because I think it's one of those things where it's called something different everywhere. But it's like, I think one of the versions is called toad in a hole where you take bread and you cut a circle oh, out yeah. of the yeah. middle and then you cook the egg in it. Yeah. My husband made it for me. A revelation. Oh, oh wow. Delicious. Yeah. 
My dad used to make those for us growing up, and we called them one-eyed jacks. One-eyed jacks. Okay, and yeah. I lo- and, and, I, and I love it. I think it's very fun. Yeah, I just it's, love it's how decorative and delicious. <laughs> Everybody who makes that dish calls it something different, and that's there's what so I appreciate for about it. it. Because yeah. I think I think toad in a hole is also like there's a food that has like sausage involved with eggs or something, and that's toad in a sure. hole. Sure. So I'm never quite sure what to call it, but it was really good. Um, not not then look as these these grits were not looking so hot. It just like the breakfast itself was like all one color. It was very yeah. like beige be- breakfast. Yeah, and like I don't know, some of that beige breakfast does not sound appealing to me. <laughs> um, maybe but- then, then order lunch, Jess. I you should order, order lunch or dinner. Want to order lunch or dinner? <laughs> breakfast is not for you. <laughs> so once Vinny gets his outfit under control, um, he finally starts like feeling himself right he's been studying his prosecution textbook um he (laughs) realizes that like oh this guy says like i saw these guys go in and then i heard the shooting after i was done cooking my grits and the and Vinny is a smart guy you know like he is uh, he is smart yeah yeah and he's Bill always sticks right. up for him. He's just like, he called out that magician. You should have seen him. Alakazam? Was that what Ale- he Alakazam, yeah. Yeah, Alakazam. Yeah. He, blew up, he blew up poor Alakazam's spot. Yeah, Vinny really gets his stride after it. And this is also funny. It's like he starts to, um, you know, develop a little bit of like a repartee with like the prosecutor, who's Jim Trotter the third, played by Lane Smith, who's also like, a very recognizable actor um but you know like they kind of start to develop a little bit of like a friendly rivalry and then like you know jim's gonna invite Vinny to go hunting with him and Vinny thinks that he's gonna like do something really sly yeah. and like charm him into sharing what he knows um this was the scene where they're going hunting and lisa says like what are you gonna hunt and he's like you know well we might like he's got lots of heads in his office maybe we'll hunt some deer she's like you know you're gonna kill bambi and like they get they have yeah and the pants too he's like what pants am i gonna wear she's like you think a baby 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 is gonna care what kind of pants you're wearing it just it just killed me in a way I can't describe. Like was, I know like, that is a scene I will rewatch a million it's so times. Good. Her incredulousness, and I think it's also yeah. just because like I have a very soft spot for animals, and also deer. I know people hate deer. They hit people's cars, and they're stupid, and they do like dumb deer. things constantly. Okay, I, I, I I'm picks. gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm like kind of anti deer. Like I don't want okay. them to get to get shot. Like not the baby deer. Right. It's not that. I just wish that but it's like when deer... it's little deer lips on the crystal clear water, Sarah. <laughs> I want them to enjoy the crystal clear water with their the little water? lips. I just want yeah. them to stay away from cars and I don't That's like fair. You're not looking to kill them. I just I have a very soft spot for them because I think they're cute and they're dumb and they're fuzzy mm-hmm. and you know it's an animal and I love animals. And so I am with <laughs> Mona Lisa when she's just like aghast at this like yeah. cuz especially cuz Vinny is a city boy. Like why yeah. is he going hunting? He doesn't have hunting pants. Like he doesn't mm-hmm. have any of the gear. Yeah. She's, she's incredulous as to like why this is all happening. And then the fact that he's like he's like oh guess what? I got information. Like he's going to send me over his files and at least it's just like he has to do that you moron yeah she read the book and she's like it's called discovery and she just knows the whole thing <laughs> it's so good um i love that he- she's reading the book and absorbing it so much 
much like better than he is and she's able to be like yeah you're totally off about this or like hello it's right here yeah it's a whole thing where he's like honey don't worry your pretty little head over this i've got it done and she's just like no i'm gonna help because i do not trust you and so it's a very very fun dynamic between the two of them and she's She's always right. But then once he gets access to the witnesses and their initial testimony, that's where you sort of see Vinny start to shine because he's like, okay, I can go and talk to these people and poke holes in their stories. And we see like the whole montage of him um, actually interviewing all of those witnesses and getting like the details about, okay, what did you have for breakfast? How many like prescriptions of glasses have you gone through like all of those things taste um, out the tape measure mm-hmm, that was yeah. a good one mm-hmm. the pictures with that one guy he's like what's this it's a dirty window and what's over here <laughs> oh, he's like what, you, what he's like what do you call these big things over here what do we call these and the guy's like uh trees and he's like you don't have to be nervous just call them out when you know them. <laughs> when you know the answer like, it's what like are, what are these bushy things over there uh bushes <laughs> and how many do you see and he counts them one to five and he's like nah there's one he's over like, here like, one bring, over there don't forget these two yeah. it's really uh, seven it's like okay so then are you confident with all these bushes and all these dirty windows and all these trees that you know for sure that it was those two guys over there uh no i guess i can't say for sure no. yeah i think no. my favorite um person that he cross-examines though is the older woman with the thick thick glasses um simply because he's just like oh you've had the he's very kind to her right like you've mm-hmm. had those updated over the years and so he's like it was a hundred feet right and so he takes this tape measure across the whole courtroom how many fingers am i holding up and when the judge goes can you please put down for the record that he he is holding up too and he's like judge like he's like come on <laughs> do something come here on. uh and he goes like mrs i don't know what her name is like mrs rosie and only mrs rosie <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's no so that's good. fun because he's like he's very like kind and respectful to her but he's also like completely poking apart her story i do feel like the most memorable of these cross examinations is probably the grits the whole thing about how he says like oh it was five minutes and then you know like well let's see like how could it take you five minutes to cook your grits when it takes the entire grit eating world 20 minutes (laughs) to cook grits and he's like well i don't know maybe i'm a fast cook i guess do the laws of physics cease to exist (laughs) on your stove were they magic grits did you buy them from jack and the magic beat like it's the, the whole thing and then he finally gets uh, you know, him to admit that he might have been mistaken and like, you know, that's a real that's a real fun sort of turning point. That's when Stan stands yeah. up and he's like, you're fired. I want him. <laughs> and he like, yes. and, and he we all like cheer, him. right? Because yeah. we're all yeah. just like, yes, like this is what we wanted. Like Vinny's pulling it around like you could see Mona Lisa's face like she's proud of him. Mm-hmm. So it definitely feels like he's he's doing something here. He's finally getting his feet underneath him and at this point i think also is when he's wearing the nice suit so Mm -hmm. we're we're getting like a physical change in him and also just Mm -hmm. like this attitude change um and yeah it's it's so great 
and so then we get uh we we find out that like oh the the um prosecutor has this like special witness the surprise witness from the last yeah. last minute change up and like and it's sort of not fair because Vinny doesn't even have time to like learn anything about this witness. Or yeah, this Vin- is like against the law for sure. Like, cause he says I haven't had any time with him. Like, he definitely yeah. should have been given time. Yeah, judges part like, of discovery. Judges, <laughs> judges have like so much discretion. I mean, I don't know the veracity of like how. I mean, obviously this is a comedy, and we've probably established mm-hmm. that there's like a lot of things that might not be accurate. But I do feel like it's true that like judges have so much discretion about what goes on in their courtroom. And like, if it just like, like I do think a judge could be like, well, it's, uh, yeah, it's not fair. Like he even says that was a very like lucid, well-reasoned <laughs> objection, <laughs> but overruled. Like, so, yeah. you know, I, 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 and I do think that that would probably be like permissible for a judge to just make that decision that this witness could be, could go on without giving Vinny any time. Yeah. It was just like really sucky. Cause again, like, it's very interesting the way they play this where the while we know the prosecutor is obviously against Vinny and against Bill and Stan, uh, Sarah, it, it the villain is judge in this film. It is not the prosecutor because this judge is like, how dare you come into my state? You know, you're coming. Some city boy is going to come into my state mm-hmm. all hot to trot under addressed, not understanding our ways and right. try to get, a, get these boys off of whatever crime they may have committed right and then also there's this like underlying storyline that he Vinny is not who he says he is so first he says that his name is what like George John Gallo so yeah first like the judge looks up Vincent Gambini and there's no Vincent Gambini who's ever like practiced law or done a trial in New York because like Vinny has never done that before he's Correct. like oh yeah, yeah of course not i'm actually my name's actually jimmy gallo yeah this is my stage name yeah, i was an actor 20 years ago <laughs> so then they like yeah. go back and then they look through that and then he calls him in and he's like you're in big trouble and this is when like the case is kind of turning around in his favor and he's like i looked it up and they're um and this is this is uh whatchamacallit's like Lisa gave uh the heads up for Vinny about this like yes, the Gallo guy. guy. Dead. Yeah, he's dead. And he's like, no, like Callow with the C. <laughs> um, you must have misheard me. And they mm. are the judges essentially like, I'm gonna sort this out right now. I'm gonna call. And thankfully for Vinny, he wasn't able to get through. But there's this is like a continued like stress point for Vinny as of course he's on like no sleep as well yeah. so this leads to this like whole scene at the diner where he kind of blows up on Lisa and I don't like it very much no she she cool. she has been taking pictures she has this adorable little pink camera throughout <laughs> pink the movie camera was iconic that I love I love the pink camera and she de- uh, gets the photos developed and she brings them out and he kind of like flips out on her about the photos and basically is like you're wasting my time um which is super ironic for what happens mm-hmm. but uh he kind of goes through the f- pictures and just like rips her apart and understandably she's really upset by this she's yeah. been super supportive super loving she's believed in him the whole entire time she's helped him and he's not appreciating her in this moment 
Yeah. 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 I think this is maybe my lowest moment of, on Vinny is because like obviously we all love Lisa at this point. And so when he is like being so rude to her, like even think about the fact that she drove to Alabama with him. Like that is already a pretty big deal. And then to be like, you know, I mean, she's out of work, right? She says she's an out of work hairdresser, but still she's been down here. She's trying to help this whole time. She's trying to be supportive and he rips her to shreds in a way that is just like so unkind. Yeah. Um, so she, she ends up leaving and uh, I love when they, when they pull her back in. I know it's really, but yeah. So like Vinny at this point basically has like 90 minutes to win the case because after three, he's going to get a call. Like uh, the judge is going to get a call back from the, the New York clerk's office to like explain that Vinny is a fraud that he's like never practiced law right. before so like that's what's ticking he only has lunch to prepare for this new automotive expert witness and he's like trying to focus over lunch Lisa comes in very sweet with the picture she wants to help and he's sort of at his breaking point and I but like even though Vinny is like really um like mean here and we don't like him I do feel like it's like very funny as he's going through the pictures he's like oh I'm sorry let me mm -hmm. look at the pictures this is gonna help okay here's one of me from behind and I didn't think I could feel any worse about myself <laughs> oh here's dog shit okay oh the case cracker me in the shower that's it. it's like very funny but he's being a total ass and that's when she storms out um and, yeah. and it's like and that that sets up the whole thing where they're not on speaking terms like going into this like uh the climax of the big trial yeah yeah it's it's so interesting and so he they get into this trial where they have the fbi analyst right um and uh, this is when he tries to object and of course the judge overrules it and he, he goes on like again there's a lot of jargon in this film but it's done in such a funny way that I don't mind it where he goes into like all about uh, the tire treads and like the fact that they were like squealing on the ground and all, like they tested it using this and this and mm. that. Um, and so, yeah, it's the most popular tires on in the world on his car and it's definitely that car and all this stuff. Uh, and so Vinny then says he needs a full day, you know, to prepare for cross-examination, but he gets denied that. So he only has a lunch recess. Um, and this is when he realizes he looks at the photo and he realizes, uh, that the flat and even tire marks going over the curb makes it, it cannot be Bill's car. So like he knows this, but yeah. he needs to pull in Lisa to explain it in mechanics terms. Yeah, I well, because the law the lawyer cannot present like evidence, like right, like like the lawyer just can't be like I'm an expert and let me tell you. Like he needs right. to have like witnesses that have established credibility present that. So like Vinny knows this because he has like a similar background to to Mona Lisa, like we're working in this mechanic but like he needs right. to have her testimony because that like he can't just explain that to the jury like that's not how this works right but he knows that like she can do it because she is like a savant at all of this stuff but like the only hiccup is that she's kind of not talking to him right now <laughs> you know sarah one of my favorite lines is like uh would you say that this witness is hostile <laughs> she's like just wait till later <laughs> oh, if you think I'm hostile now, wait until tonight. <laughs> yeah. That, that like, the me. judge is like, do you know each other? Oh, it's my fiance. Like, yeah. That explains the hostility. <laughs> that so explains good. it. Do you think, um, do you think that Vinny knew as much in detail 
as Mona Lisa did about the car situation? Or do you think it's, it was just enough for him to have a hunch that will be proved by Mona Lisa? Or do you think that he like knew everything? Cause he did go and ask the sheriff to look up this like, yeah, that could be the, the certain car. Yeah. Right. I feel like he knew enough to get by, but like, as an example, when the prosecutor asks, um, Lisa, that very specific question that ends up being a trick question. I don't know. Maybe he would have been fooled by that because he worked. He did say he worked in her family's mm-hmm. garage. So he does have some mechanical experience, but I just think she grew up around cars much more than he did. And so that would be like my assumption right, was just yeah. that she knew more. He knew it couldn't be a Buick Skylark. He knew it had to be this other model. So like, I think he knew it, but like she, the way that she can just like, expound this like encyclopedic knowledge about everything in such a convincing way like I don't know if Vinny could have done that but like this is I feel like from this point on it's like you're just so locked in like I mean I know that this is like the last like 20 minutes of the film but I feel like from this point on it's like you're just like it feels like it just flies by. Like, it's just so entertaining. Yeah, It's like one punch after the other of, like, info, info. Oh, my gosh. Like, spinning, spinning. It's Mm -hmm. all going their way suddenly. It feels very, like, uh, feels like very tug of war where the entire time uh, Bill and Stan are going towards the mud. And then all of a sudden they make a comeback and it completely shifts over to the other side. Uh, And it was so fun to watch this all happen because very much suddenly – uh, you know, we see Mona Lisa comes in and she describes like, oh, it couldn't have been this. It had to be a Pontiac Tempest or whatever the mm-hmm. heck. And this is when Sarah, the like sheriff gets called up and he says, oh, yeah, they, uh, two caught guys were arrested for driving a stolen vehicle that meets that description. Yep. has the same tires as Bill's car, but they had a revolver, which was the gun that was like the same type of gun that was used to kill the clerk. Yeah. And we see like the prosecutor, like they had never looked nervous this entire time. But they start oh, yeah. to look. This is when they look nervous. Yeah, they they were pouring themselves a glass of water. Yeah. They looked like they were sweating a little bit. There were some conversations back and forth, uh, and they called back the FBI agent after that they were done um, with um, Mona Lisa. Just such a beautiful job in um, by Marissa Tomei because it, it's like. You are so engaged with what she's saying. And I think that, like, mostly everybody is not following, like, this no car jargon. But because yeah. the way she's selling it, you're like, she knows exactly what she's saying. And you, you know, try to understand it and to the best of everyone's ability. But I, it, it makes it interesting because of the way that she presents it. Um, and she's so excited too, because she's like, I know, like I, I know I can like right. help these these boys like get off from being like falsely accused. I know that I'm gonna yeah. give my fiance a big win. Like mm-hmm. I know that this information is going to like turn the case around, and she feels like a win too, because she can finally feel like valued and smart, and mm-hmm. you know. Like, it's because of her that they are going to win this case, essentially. So she's so excited. And I can feel the excitement through the screen. It's really great to watch. Yeah, This yeah. had to be the Oscar clip, right? Like, this is, was. What she, this is what she submitted as the Oscar clip, right? And it's like, it goes like, like, it's just amazing because over the course of her testimony, she starts out and she's like mad at Vinny. She's annoyed that she's up there. She's not answering the questions. The judge has to like 
press her. And then like once she looks at the picture and you see the moment on her face that it clicks in her head where she's like, aha, like I get it. I get now like how they are definitely innocent and how I can prove that. And like, and then her like energy is so infectious. And like, you feel like everybody in that courtroom is like hanging on her every word and you're in the audience hanging on her every word. And she's like, Pause attraction. I don't even know what that means, but like she's like, no, there's more. And then like, I would love to hear this. It's like you know, they're like everybody is just like so locked in with her. Yeah, and it ends, and like she's gone from being so bad at Vinny to them like having their little like kind of flirtatious thing, and he's like, you've been a lovely, mwah, lovely witness. It's yes. Like, <laughs> just it's just so much fun. It's like one of like the great scenes in like all of film I'm gonna say it why not I think this is one of the greatest scenes in all of film it's so good I think like this uh like you mentioned earlier Sarah like the legally blonde moment of the perm right that Mm -hmm. comes to mind and Mm -hmm. like I think this is like that big gotcha moment in Mm -hmm. the trial um where they have to just they dismiss all charges and everyone celebrates and of course the the judge is just like oh order whatever everyone's hugging and celebrating but Vinny I also think like it doesn't even stop there the funny keeps happening because then you have Vinny like trying to leave before the judge finds out he's not who he says he was. <laughs> so yeah. he finally gets called in and the, the judge like congratulates him and the prosecutor's like, hey, anytime you want to like hang out, come down for lunch, whatever, like I'm here. <laughs> like everyone loves Vinny now. It's like it's gone yeah. from everybody yeah. being hostile to Vinny to like the prosecutor is impressed. The judge is impressed. He has like an open invitation to come to Alabama whenever he wants. Uh, yeah. And so it's so, uh, it's so good. And I love that we find out once they're in the car and kind of driving away, Sarah, we hear Lisa say like, oh yeah, I called in a little like favor to basically get someone to call and lie. It was Vinny's old mentor, essentially. Mm -hmm. It was like his connection. And she just asked for a favor and the whole thing, like, it's kind of like, I don't know. I don't want to make a generalization, but I know like my fiance, for example, is super stubborn and he wants to do things on his own. And it just feels like he was very particular. Vinny was about making this win about him. And like, yep. I did it on my own. Like I was the one that got here, but in the reality, he needed the help. He needed the help from his mentor. He needed the help from his fiance. He mm-hmm. needed these connections to get the win. Um, so it was nice yeah. to see, and, and, and she says, like, you know, what's it, it's not the worst thing in the world to ask for help. And I think that's a great lesson anyway, because for yeah. so many of us, we're so reliant our, on ourselves and we can't do everything on our own. We need the help. We need our mm-hmm. connections. We need yeah. our friends or family or coworkers or whomever for the yeah. help. Nobody, nobody gets where they are, period, without help. Like, that's exactly. just like totally true and I just love the way that like the scene ends where she's like maybe this is the start of something Vinny you win all your cases but with someone else's help and then you have to go up to someone and say 
thank you. Oh my God, what a fucking nightmare. <laughs> hilarious. That's not so relatable. I don't know what is. Like, it was oh, hilarious. That's yeah. You got to thank somebody. Uh, and just the way they're like, oh, what? The, now we're going to like get married, you know, because she's like, oh, my mm-hmm. biological clock is ticking. Oh and my so gosh. He's like, what about tomorrow? Like spontaneity. And he's like, come on, you love spontaneity. And what does she say? She's just like, farts are spontaneous. <laughs> yeah, it's not romantic. Also, and there's also like, so at the same time, time that she has this great message about help she says like oh now you think i'm gonna marry you no way you can't win a case by yourself you're fucking useless just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like yeah. a fun dynamic right just oh, so hilarious fun. they do and i think the thing is is like they um they feel very real. Their relationship yeah. feels very re- real and genuine. Like we all know a couple like this who mm-hmm. just does not stop arguing. They love each other to death, but they cannot stop arguing and picking at each other. And I just, it, their relationship feels very real in that way where they poke at each other constantly. Um, I loved it. I felt like their chemistry was yeah. absolutely fantastic in this movie. Oh, it was so good. And I've heard too that like, um, this movie is actually one of the movies that's like pointed to as like, yeah, this is actually a very real, um, like it looks, it's, it's accurate to how courts operate, Interesting. Um, which I was fascinated by because it's a comedy. You'd think mm-hmm. that they would be a little bit more lenient with the actual like law of it all. Um, but I've heard, yeah, it's actually one of those ones that's like pretty accurate. Um, I found a, yeah, there's a quote. So apparently the director, Jonathan Lynn, has a law degree. So that probably helped. Oh, wow. And someone said, the movie is close to reality, even its details. Part of why the film has such staying power among lawyers is because unlike A Few Good Men, everything that happens in the movie could happen and often does happen at trial. Yeah. That is fascinating. Yeah. Especially because, it again, it, it's because it's a comedy, I think, that throws me off. I feel like comedies usually will, like, extend themselves just for the the, the bits, just for the funny bits. Uh, like the, the example of the Utes. Uh, the, what's the a two, Ute? The two Utes? <laughs> and I do have family. Like, I, I'm, I'm not Italian. I do have family from down in the city, in New York City. And I do have an uncle who uh, does, would say Ute, uh, does one, two, tree. Uh, you know the the very very Brooklyn Bronx type of of verbiage and mm-hmm. yeah that that line killed me the two Utes the two Utes yeah um, yeah it's it it's it's great I feel like this movie is such a gem I think like if anybody like I'm so I'm so glad that I have put this good into the world by um, now Sarah having seen this movie Jess having yeah. seen this movie mm-hmm. Will has now seen this movie like I feel like yeah. I feel like I have served a purpose on this earth. If I have good. like made, is this people- how you make your way to heaven, Amanda? You just like <laughs> you're like I'm I not- get so many people to watch my cousin Vinny. Now, I'm not gonna be responsible for anybody getting married, but I will make people watch my cousin Vinny. <laughs> there you go. I mean, listen, I'm glad I watched it. I would. I think this might be Sarah. This might be one of my favorite films that we've watched. Yeah, that I haven't, that I had not yet already seen. For yeah. the podcast. It might be Yay. one of my favorite. No, oh. I totally agree with that. I do. Um, I I am still somehow super hypnotized by interview with the vampire. Like, I don't Ooh. know. That was yeah. like that was just, I like, see, so- I don't need to see that one again anytime <laughs> soon. Like, I'd watch yeah. it again, but I am still so just confused by that movie, I think. Oh, but <laughs> this was definitely like one of my top favorites as well. And it's one of those things, it's like, you know. I mean, a little like inside baseball, like you watch the film 
once as a podcaster mm-hmm. to just enjoy it you watch it again to yeah. take observations or keep it in your memory write notes or whatever and this is one of the times where i was like really looking forward to my second watch like i was yeah. very excited to watch it again uh i talked about it on fourth of july Ooh-hoo. um so yeah i was really really like pumped up by this movie and um you know marissa tomei is my queen i i just love her so much i love that you know she kind of got to be the hero at the end and i like her message where she's like you know you can't get by in life without a little bit of help yeah she's like someone who i aspire to be at this point right oh my god everything about her attitude of like I, I love I love the type of character that she is where she will like say what's on her mind. She is very genuine. She very much wants people to succeed. She's not like a jerk about it, mm-hmm. but she'll she'll call you out when you're doing something. And I love that about her. Like she just does not take shit. And I, I appreciate that about her. Just like the, oh, you got, you're famous for your mud. What about your Chinese? What, like just, I can't. She's, She's so, so great. I'm looking at her like IMDb right now because like, I remember watching her on A Different World, the TV series that was on in the 80s. Like she mm. was a recurring cast member on there. Like, I can't think of a time where I haven't been aware of Marissa Tomei. I love her in the slums of Beverly Hills. Also, that would have been, oh, she's also in four rooms. Like she was like a little bit of having an it moment in the 90s. Like winning this Oscar was big. And then like yeah. having, um, mm-hmm. you know, a string of like, uh, she was also, yeah, she was in, in this film in the bedroom, which I've seen, which is like a little bit of like a darker kind of, um, I think it might even be horror but um Mm -hmm. she's yeah I mean she's so good and I'm glad that she's continued to have such a successful career like I definitely feel like I've I've aspired to be Marissa Tomei like my my whole entire life (laughs) yeah I I think like this role definitely stands out for me like because I said before I only really knew her as Aunt Mm -hmm. May in the Spider-Man movies and I will say she like packs a punch in those films as well, but obviously she Spider-Man is the main guy, right? Like she, she is very much a side character and she is much different than this character in that she is a much more of the like heartwarming motherly, you know, aunt figure in those films. So I, I just love the spiciness that she has. Yeah. She like steals the show in my cousin Vinny. And I do feel like this is like her quintessential performance even though she's had a lot of other great performances but this one i think stands out as as a high watermark yeah such such a good movie i'm so so thank you very much oh i don't know if i would have watched it without like the situation hey we pick pick your mona lisa outfit what are you wearing which of oh Okay, so number one, her and her like black slip negligee. Oh, so cute. Perfection. Yeah, perfection. Yeah. She has this like little red power suit with the red mm-hmm. lip. Mm-hmm. Um, phenomenal. Yes. Spectacular. I think I liked her. The one that reminded me most of Moira Rose is the the black dress with the massive shoulder pads that had this like white swirly detailing yeah. on it. That was one of my favorites. And obviously the very iconic bodysuit, which 
I would never wear unless I looked exactly like her in it. <laughs> um, but it is gorgeous and just like her stomping her foot in the middle of nowhere. And like, who is she wearing this for? You know, you're in like Southern Alabama, like middle of nowhere. I love it that thing. she's got like full face of makeup. She's got like the earring. Like even if she's just in a cabin in the woods, like she yeah. is going to do it up. Yeah, she's, she's just fantastic. that type of girl. What about you, Doctor Amanda? Which one is your is your? Pick? I mean the bo- I mean the bodysuit is like such a show stop stopper. Like I love it. Like I know that like the, the but even there's like there are these small moments that you could like miss because she has so many costumes. She wears these different outfits every day of the trial. She has this great like blue halter with like a lace like kind of thing at some point. I don't know. They're all great. Like honestly, we should just. I'm thinking that this like that this should be like a Halloween inspiration here. Ooh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god, can you imagine like a, a what if someone hosted costume? a party where they were like, come as your favorite, uh, come as your favorite Fav- Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa Vita. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That'd be so fun. And there's so many options, right? There's like so many, so and you many could have, yeah, options. a couple costume I could also see though, where like your husband your your partner mm-hmm. is Vinny in the all black with the leather. Very yeah. hot. Hopefully it's a very air-conditioned uh Halloween party. But uh yeah, I just I love this movie. I, I love that this is like it's a one and one and done. Like they didn't they didn't do sequels to it. I don't think we need any sequels no. to it. Did they need a sequel? I don't think they did. I hope not. I don't think they need to. Yeah, no, um, this 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 blue, I'm looking up this blue with like the mesh uh sheer arm, like she looks gorgeous in too. I just want to call out because she doesn't wear a lot of like color. Necessarily. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of black, yeah. A lot of dark color. Um yeah, it's it's just it's just great. She's a delight. I love her. I mean, she's like definitely the standout. We talked about her like probably 50% of this podcast, but she so deserves it. So I don't care. So. Yeah. yeah. It's a yeah. great Joe Pesci is also great. We definitely have to recognize his Oh yeah. Scene. He yeah. killed it. Especially mm-hmm. the courtroom scenes, I feel like really uh he just like knows how to work the room he has charisma coming out of all parts of his body honestly mm-hmm. just like spouting out of his ears and his nose just like all over the place um so yeah i love i love this movie thank you so much for picking it for us uh dr amanda thank this you so much for delight. having me this was this was really a true joy to chat about it with both of you ladies you were lovely i would love to come back anytime this is so much fun. more than welcome more than yes, welcome absolutely tell the people what you have going on where can they find you oh, what are you up to yeah so you can find me um on twitter where i am uh dr amanda r that's dr amanda r and um what i have going on right now is i'm covering apple tv's loot which is a maya rudolph comedy i'm covering that with um ariel and it's like such a funny show we're having it's so much really fun good. we're having so much fun talking about it so please check that out and find me talking about it on post show recaps um i just also dropped um, a podcast with um, Felipe for the Brazilian Dragon podcast. We talked about Spy Kids. I watched it with Ooh, my with my own little child robot army, and we talked about it. So um, that was really fun talking to Felipe. And um, yeah, that's what I have going on. Amazing. Sarah, what do we have going on in these parts? I feel like we've been busy lately. We've got a lot of stuff to plot. Busy, busy bees. So in terms of bonus content, if you did not see our Harriet the Spy coverage in June, 
go check that out. That was with our friend Stuart. Um, earlier this month, we covered the Mighty Ducks with our friend Alex. So we were very busy recently in terms of bonus content. Not going to lie. I think my favorite movie uh, out of the three is definitely My Cousin Vinny <laughs> by a long shot. Not even a competition. Um, of course, we have our weekly uh, door. Woo. Our weekly Boy Meets Worlds and Dawson's Creek coverage. I just tried to combine the two. Um, <laughs> Boston's Creek? Boston's Creek. <laughs> we don't need that. That sounds like a terrible show. Um, but yeah, we we are having a great time over there. We are um, mid-season six for Boy Meets Worlds. Mm-hmm. And we are mid-season coming to towards the end of season four for Dawson's Creek so it's been really great over there if you want to check that out um find us at shit 90s pod on twitter and instagram www.shit90spod.com um maybe there's more stuff for me and Jessica for PSR later in the month I don't know Perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps. Intrigu- wink, 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 intriguing tease. Intriguing yes. tease. Uh, <laughs> you can find me at Sarah Ferguson. Amazing. You could find me at the Just Sterling. Of course, I'm also hanging out on community building uh, over on Posher Recaps as well. Josh and I talk community. Uh, this week, he is, or excuse me, I should say last week by the time this comes out, he was uh, absent. He's on vacation. So we had a little bit of bonus content for anybody who loves Dungeons and Dragons. We sorted the community cast of characters into classifications of Dungeons and Dragons. So that's going to be tons of fun. Uh, and yeah, you could check me out there as well. Thank you all for listening. Thank you again, Amanda, for coming on and having us watch this movie. It was so delightful. Uh, thank you all, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Just As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.